Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I'm your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts and videos, Teddy Garland. I'm not going to get into my normal spiel about how big Yellowstone Park is and all that yada yada because this is Jackson Hole Lodging, Dining, and Entertainment. We just talk about Jackson Hole. In the guidebook, I get there's a chapter called Jackson Hole and the Grand Tetons. In that one chapter in the guidebook, I cover everything there is to see all the way from the south gate of Yellowstone Park all the way down to Jackson Hole, and I cover all the lodging and dining information in that one chapter. So there's just one chapter you guys need to read to find out everything you need to know about how to visit the Grand Tetons and see Jackson Hole. You guys got to remember, it only takes one day to see the Grand Tetons, you know, make a run through Jackson Hole and buy some t-shirts and all that stuff. And and I cover all of that in the guidebook. And we're kind of going to go over a rough itinerary here in a minute in this podcast to kind of give you an idea or refresher about the Tetons are just a simply a day trip on your Yellowstone vacation. The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone Park and a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park. So if you guys are thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation and you want some more info, simply listen to my podcast, Introduction to Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, or watch our YouTube video of the same name, and there you'll find out my over 100 years family history in the park, as well as all my knowledge. And you'll see how the guidebook is so easy to use and how it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone Park down into manageable bites that you can easily and enjoyably do in a single day. And in the planning your Yellowstone vacation chapter, the guidebook helps you save time by beating all the crowds to all the top sites and how to save thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining. And I hope everybody listening to this podcast joins our Explore Yellowstone like a local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of sparkling reviews for the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time in Yellowstone Park with the help of the guidebook. To get your copy, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for only 25 bucks. And the guidebook's almost 20% longer for this 2024 season, so there's a lot of really good information in there. And I write a personal note to everyone who buys one and throw in a cool Yellowstone sticker as well. And there's some good combo deals on there that most people get. Be aware, we only print off 1,000 copies a year. And in 2023, we sold out on August 10th, and we will, of course, sell out before that for the 2024 season. So let's get started with Jackson Hole Lodging, Dining, and Entertainment. And remember, there's no reason to spend more than one day in Jackson Hole unless you guys are going to like do a big day hike, like the Lake Solitude, which basically takes all day. And all the hikes are covered in the guidebook and the Grand Tetons as well. But... You guys just, unless you guys are going to do something big like that or play 
a round of golf one one afternoon and then another round of golf in the morning while the girls go shopping and blow all your money. Um, there's no reason to spend more than one day down in the Grand Tetons and Jackson Hole. Like I said, we're going to really cover kind of a sample itinerary of all that. But the, the Grand Teton National Park is like Zion or Bryce or some of the other national parks that are just south of there in Utah. There's, it's small enough that you, and concise enough that you can see everything you need to see in one day and go mess around in Jackson Hole and screw around, go have a beer at the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar and sit on one of the saddles and have a great time and take pictures in front of the elk antlers, do all this yada, 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 and be back in West Yellowstone at your lodging place before the sun goes down. So like I say, the Grand Tetons are simply a day trip on your entire Yellowstone Park vacation, but the Tetons are not to be missed. The Tetons are one of the top sites besides Old Faithful and Grand Geyser and the Lower Falls. The Grand Tetons are a must-see on any trip to Yellowstone, so let's get started. All right, let me guys give a little family history of Jackson Hole. Um, when we'd go up there every spring on our way up to Idaho, you know, my dad was best friends with the perpetual mayor of Jackson Hole, Dick Allen, and his wife, Annis. And uh, we would get these absolutely dirt cheap rates on these hotel rooms every year when we'd stay up there because they'd all go to dinner and they'd all go to the Word and they'd all go listen to Dusty Raper and all this kind of stuff. At the, and the guy that was saying at the Word all the time that was, my mom had this huge crush on and na 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 it was, it was easier to pull off back in the 70s and the 80s. Heck, I remember you guys, when you guys get up to the main square where the antlers are and all that, and the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar is right there on the corner and everything else, at 6 o'clock every evening, they used to shut down that main intersection right there, just to the right of the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar, kind of where the, the stagecoach is, where you can get on the old stagecoach and the horses and kind of ride it around town. They used to shut down that corner at 6 o'clock every single day day and have a western shootout it was a ball everybody can gather around and all this and there'd be a guy up in the window on this above this bar start shooting somebody down there on the ground and then the damsel in distress had come out in this big petticoat and and then black barded grabber he's all dressed in black with his black boots and somebody'd shoot him and then i all in white would come out and rescue her and everybody'd freak out and applaud and everything else it, it was a ball man it was great it was so much fun if they shot down that intersection now, you'd have a riot on your hands, man. That place, I mean, Jackson Hole traffic would just grind to a halt for miles, and that's the way it was. There were so many fewer people. I, I, I say this a million times, but West Yellowstone reminds me of Jackson Hole 30 years ago. I remember when Jackson Hole got a McDonald's. It was a big deal. And that, I mean, oh my God, Jackson Hole's moving up in the world. They got a McDonald's. I think I was in high school, mid-70s back then. I saw a notification where they're going to start doing that shootout again on an adjacent corner away from all the traffic. So you guys look for that if you guys get down there. But Jackson Hole is just absolutely overrun with traffic cars and people it, it just i am when i after i stay one night there i am ready to get the fa out of there man i promise you and then it takes me you know and you know an hour to go five miles to get out of there it drives me crazy but yeah the bottom line is jackson hole is too far south to use as a home base but it is definitely worth a visit all right, so let's figure out how you can pull this off and, and try to save some cheese when visiting Jackson Hole. 
And remember, I go over, I give you guys an example itinerary in the guidebook that basically goes like this. If you leave West Yellowstone around 6 in the morning, get in front of all the cars, come down through the park, you can be having breakfast at Jackson Lake Lodge right in front of the Tetons in about an hour and 45 minutes from the time you go through the West Gate and pull into the parking lot at Jackson Lake Lodge. You guys can go have a great breakfast, drive through the Tetons, take a million pictures, go down through there and get out of the car and go dip your toes in Jenny Lake, catch the ferry boat across Jenny Lake, and go up and, and look at the Hidden Falls, and then hike into Cascade Canyon with the Tetons just towering over both shoulders on a gorgeous hike. Go over all that in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. Come back down, catch the ferry boat over there, drive around, take another hike, hike around Jenny Lake for 45 minutes. Drop the guys off at this golf course I've got listed in the guidebook that has good rates and unmatched views of the Grand Tetons all the way. The girls can go in Jackson Hole and go shopping, come back and pick the guys up and have a killer dinner there in Jackson Hole somewhere, and then get back in West Yellowstone before 8 or 9 o'clock. You can do everything that Jackson Hole and the Tetons have to offer in one day. There's absolutely no reason you have to spend the night in Jackson Hole unless you're going to do multiple things. And in that case, you're going to going to need to spend the night in Jackson Hole, so let's cover that next. Alright, so let's go over your lodging options. Let's cover lodging first, because this is your big money item. So, the, what, what I want you guys to do is go to Expedia and pull up Jackson Hole. And instead of looking at the list of all the places to stay, I want you to hit the map option down at the bottom left corner of your, uh, your screen, and it'll pull up a map of Jackson Hole and the surrounding areas. And what you're going to see real quickly is that there are groups or areas of hotels, basically three of them. There's one at the Jackson Hole area which puts you right in the middle of the action where the antlers are and all that kind of stuff. Then there's some more areas up over the up towards the Teton Pass area in Wilson. And then there's another group of hotels and lodging up at the ski area. So those are the basically the three areas for you to choose from. However, you only want to stay in one of these areas. You want to stay where all the shops are, the restaurants are, town square that has the iconic antlers everywhere, the horse-drawn carriages and all that. All of the stuff that you always see in all the pictures and all the photos of Jackson Hole, that is the downtown proper area and it's really, really, really small. They're, they're limited because they are surrounded by national forest around all sides so that it's never going to get any bigger. That's why these other newer hotels have opened up in Wilson and all the big hotels, the Four Seasons, the Amagani, all the real high-end hotels that require a lot of space to build their structures have all moved up to the ski area because the ski area is kind of janky as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't hold a candle to, to the big sky area, but uh, there was more room up there. So all of those hotels are up there. And I'm telling you guys, you want no part of these other areas. If you have to drive to the downtown Jackson area, park, finding a parking spot is about like hitting the lottery. Not to mention that the traffic in Jackson Hole is just unbelievable. It can take you 20 or 30 minutes just to go a mile when the traffic gets really, really bad. So let's talk about where I do recommend you stay. In the guidebook, you're going to find a 
five really good choices in the downtown area of Jackson Hole, including one that is the, a really good budget option where we always stay, which puts you really, really close to the uh, elk antler arches, which are around every corner over there on the town square. By the way, those elk antler arches are derived, they pick them all up from the valley right there on the north side of town in the first big meadow on your right right there and uh, because the elk come down and congregate there because they feed them in the winter. And the big bulls come down there after they have mated with all their does and all that stuff. And then they shed those enormous antlers just right there on the ground. And uh, the Boy Scout troop, this is kind of an interesting little story, the Boy Scout troop in Jackson Hole is the wealthiest Boy Scout troop on earth. Are able to go pick up those antlers. They get to a big allotment of those antlers and then they go sell them. So that Boy Scout troop in Jackson Hole is just stupid rich from selling all those antlers and stuff. It's crazy. I've heard stories from numerous friends of mine and rangers and whatnot of guys that go out there and they try to sneak out there at night and pick up some antlers and all that kind of stuff. And the police and the sheriff and the ranger are all watching for them out there and they got night vision goggles on because those antlers are worth a ton of money. Yeah, they, they grind them up for for powders and stuff over in the Orient and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then, they, and they, of course, you can sell a huge set of antlers for thousands of dollars. So these guys are trying to get out there before the Boy Scout troop gets out there and they get arrested and thrown in jail and all that stuff. It happens every spring, right when the snow starts to melt off. But it's, it's kind of a funny deal. But, but that is where the elk antlers come around those corners. That's where they're getting them all from. It's not like they killed any, any elk to get those. Those are where they come from. They're just laying there on the ground. So if you guys are going to stay in Jackson, Jackson Hole for the night. Just make sure you stay right in Jackson Hole, the town of Jackson Hole, and not stay at the ski area. You know, that's where all the really expensive hotels are. And for those of you guys that want to stay with a view of the Grand Tetons, uh, in the guidebook, we list everything there is to stay, like in Grand Teton National Park, and there's also some really cool ranches, lodge kind of situations right outside of Grand Teton, but they all have great views of the Grand Tetons, and there's about five I've got listed in the guidebook for you guys, including one that's just right at the base of the Tetons, and uh, it's it's there's some fabulous places to stay, just absolutely top-notch, but you better have a, have a lot of room on that credit card because they are very, very expensive. You think Jackson Hole's expensive? Wait till you start pricing out some of these places that are right at the base of the Tetons or overlooking the valley with the Tetons looking out of your bedroom window or off your front porch. They are astronomically expensive, but for those of you that want that, I've got those listed in the guidebook for you as well. All right, so let's go over dining options in Jackson Hole before we jump into the entertainment. So, all right, there are a number of restaurants that come and go in Jackson Hole almost semi-annually. I mean, they kind of open up, they're going to be the new big thing, and then uh, by the time I get over there the next spring, they're, they're already out of business. And I mean, it's really, really odd how fast restaurants come and go in the Jackson Hole area down there, especially the downtown area. Last year, Lisa and I went into the new It Place, got a reservation way in advance. You had to get one about a month in advance just to get in the door and everything else. Get in there, and it's just like bone marrow soup and 
the pair the wine pairing was fried crickets with a bottle of wine paired for fried crickets and it was a hundred dollars per person it's like are you kidding me? You got to be careful where you go. And the thing is, you, these places get great ratings. People are in there dropping three or four hundred dollars on a meal, and nobody wants to admit that they had a crappy meal after they dropped three or four hundred bucks on it for two people. So you got to be careful. I've been going to Jackson Hole my entire life, and I've eaten everywhere. The bars I've gotten thrown out of are, are gone now, some of them. And so. So if you're going to go the TripAdvisor route, just be careful what you get into. And remember, if you do get served a bunch of fried crickets, just keep them and you can use them for fly fishing when you get over to the Madison. So <laughs> that's a, kind of a little bow on a pig there for you. <laughs> so, all right. So let's talk about some of the places I do recommend you go that have withstood the test of time. And they are great places. Some of them are good budget options, which is really, really hard to find in Jackson Hole. And uh, they are really, really good. So let's go over my suggestions for you guys to dine in Jackson Hole next. Here are my favorites that I go to when I go to Jackson. And so in all of the ones that I go to, and again, all of these are in the guidebook. And all of these have withstood the test of time over the years, and you are not going to find any of those hooty tooty wannabe cowboys sitting there for four hours in the places I go to, I promise you. And there are two things that I simply hate to waste in this world, and that is time and money. And none of these places will, will do that. So these are really good, good places. Go in there, and you'll walk out, and you'll go, okay, this, this I'm glad Teddy sent us here, so... And just like all the hotels in the guidebook, I list all of these restaurants for you guys. And there's some really good budget options. And I, I we shot a video of me walking down this one area where there's just a line of, of really great restaurants for you guys to go eat. And, uh, and I've eaten all of them. I promise you, I've eaten at every one of them. And uh, part of the problem with Jackson Hole is it can take forever to get in some places. But I've got a place listed in there that literally has over a million dollars worth of art on the walls and it just never fails every time i go in there and have breakfast or lunch or dinner they serve all three and there's hardly anybody ever in there i'll tell you guys a funny story about this place is i was in there in the fall of 2022 and I just wanted to go in there and have a little breakfast. And uh, so I went in there and just not a single person in there. And I had walked past one of the other places that I don't like going to. And there was 25 or 30 people sitting outside. And it was like, you know, it's crazy. And, and it's going to take them an hour to go in and get a table. So I walk into one of my go-to places that I list for you guys in the guidebook. I walk in there and the place is empty. And, it, and it's fabulous. I mean, there is literally a million bucks worth of art on the walls. I sit down and this guy comes right over. What would you like, sir? No, 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 no. And I order. And I'm sitting there and I'm having a little breakfast. And, and this couple walks in the door. And uh, I look over there and, you know, just kind of glance over there at him. And she has a copy of my guidebook under her arm. And they're kind of looking around and looking around. And, and they sit down and waiter comes over and brings them all their stuff and a cup of coffee and all that. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to go over there and bother them or anything else. And, and uh, you know, I just have my meal. I pay my bill and I get it up and I'm starting to walk out. And she kind of looks over and, took, you know, takes a double glance. She goes, 
you're, you're Teddy Garland, aren't you? And I said, yes, yes, I am. And she goes, wow, this place is great. And I said, yeah, it really is, isn't it? And she goes, where is everybody? And I go, I, you know, I don't know. It, it just, it's amazing to me. I, I, it just, it's not like it's a big secret, but it obviously is. I think people have a tendency to go to the highly publicized place or the place that has that's new, that has all of these five-star reviews, and they think they're going to get left out if they don't go there. But this place has been here for 40 years and has withstood the test of time, has great food, great service at a reasonable price. And she goes, this place is great. And I go, yeah, it's great. And we were the only people in there. I don't get it, and I don't care. I don't want anybody in there. And so, yeah, and then right across the street from that place, when I tell you about it in the guidebook, is a great budget option that opens at 6 a.m., and you can go pick up some food to go through the park. It's a real, real popular place with locals, and, and a lot of the locals that are going to work that a place that opens at 7 o'clock in the morning or wherever whip by there on bicycles and stuff like that. And uh, they go in there, they get some food, take it and, and eat it on their way to their, their workplace and everything else. But I've been going there since I was like five years old. And, and it's great. It's wonderful. And it's, it's the size of a closet. I mean, you can fit two of them inside a Suburban. It's how small this place is. But I've got it listed in the guidebook for you guys. And so that's what's in the guidebook. I get you guys to places that are, are not going to be the, the it place. They're going to be places that have withstood the test of time. They have been there since I was five or six years old. They're still there. They still serve great food. They have great service. They're good budget options. And that's what I get you guys to in the guidebook. There is no reason to go to the new it place because you think you're going to get left out of the, the new place. You're going to miss something or anything else. Just go to the places I got listed in the guidebook. You're going to have a nice meal with good service at a reasonable price, and that's all you're really after in Jackson Hole, and I promise you, in Jackson Hole, that is really hard to find, but I can get you to them all. Now, one of the places I listed in the guidebook for you guys does require a reservation, but it has withstood the test of time as well, and it was opened by Harrison Ford, so I've got a good Harrison Ford story. My locker mate in high school was Susie Amos, who married James Cameron, who directed the Titanic, Avatar, and tons of other movies. It's really, really nice guy. Uh, really, really super, super guy. I've known Susie Amos my whole life, ever since, you know, high, before high school, and she dated one of my best friends, and uh, just a golden girl. I mean, so, and these podcasts enable me to tell you guys some good stories, and, and this is one of those good stories that's not going to be in the guidebook. You know, not to, to belabor this too much, because, I, you know, I was telling you about, I ran into Harrison Ford walking across this park, and he didn't know me from Adam, obviously, but I said, I knew Susie Amos, who knew who was married to James Cameron stopped him and said, "Hey man, you don't know me, but I you know made the connection." He goes, "Yeah, I know. I went to dinner with them back in L.A. You know, three weeks ago." So it was kind of a little my end to to meet meet and say hi to uh, Harrison Ford, uh, who him and some of his buddies had just opened up this new restaurant in town, and uh, he told me to go try it out and all that kind of stuff. And I said, "Yeah, yeah, it's great." So I just my little introduction to the Harrison Ford right there. However, this goes back about probably about. 2005-ish right through there and I was dating a really really nice girl and uh, her sister's daughter had a autistic child 
And this autistic child was just infatuated with the movie Titanic. Knew all the lines and just had books, carried it with her everywhere of the Titanic and just loved everything about the Titanic. Well, I believe her seventh or eighth birthday was rolling around the corner. I go, well, I'm going to do something really cool. I'm going to see if I can get a book bought and uh, call Susie up and see if I can get a hold of her and have, her, have James Cameron autograph it for her. I didn't want to bother them. I don't know James Cameron from Adam, but I know Susie real well. We got a hold of Susie, called her up and told her what was going on. And she said, Teddy, of course. I mean, J James starts yelling across the room to James Cameron sitting right over there. Yeah, send me the book. Send me a book. She goes, yeah, go get a book that you think she would like and send it to us. And uh, here's my address and everything else. Did never bat an eye. Never, never bat an eye. And uh, so I, I send her that book. And sure enough, here about two weeks later, this book comes back. And he has written her this little girl that he doesn't know, this big, long, heartfelt note, and signed it and autographed it, and it, it was so cool. He, he didn't have to do that, you know, and I'm sure they get requests like that all the time, but he was happy to do it. He... He could have just said no. He could have just said, you know, Susie, I don't want to mess with that stuff right now. I don't, I don't want to mess with that stuff ever, you know. But he didn't. He, he said, yeah, send me the book. And I mean, I gave that book to that little girl for her birthday. And you'd have thought I gave her the moon in a box. I mean, she couldn't believe it. Uh, it was just astounding. She was just so happy. It just was such a heartfelt moment. And uh, Susie didn't have to do that. James didn't have to do that. You know, they did that. And he did it over and above anything. He didn't just write his name in there. He wrote her this big, long the movie and how happy he was to hear that she was such a big fan and just all this stuff. It, I mean, it, it was unreal. So, it, yeah, James Cameron is a, is a killer guy. Thank God I knew Susie, and, and she was so nice. And I've ran into her a couple times since, and they're, they're just golden people. Made it big, and uh, it's, it was really, really, really cool. So that's my little little story. I like throwing all these stories in in these podcasts. And obviously, that's too lengthy to put in the guidebook. And you guys got to remember that the, the guidebook's the cake. These, these podcasts are just a little icing on the cake. But, you know, everything you need to do to pull off... Jackson Hole is in the guidebook, uh, but these give me a neat place to, to tell an, a good story like that. And besides all the great places listed in town for you guys, uh, I list a place in the guidebook that won't show up on TripAdvisor or anything else, but it just has spectacular views of the Tetons as an indoor dining area, an outdoor area with a big fire pit and all this looking right over the Grand Tetons and... There's usually a moose or two running around right out back that kind of swing right back through there. And I mean, it's a fabulous place. And a lot of you guys have gone there and sent me a note afterwards and even a picture of you guys having dinner out there thanking me for, you know, hipping you guys to this really, really cool spot. So let's get into the entertainment options in Jackson Hole. And this is going to go by really quickly. The entertainment options in Jackson Hole basically consist of walking around the town square right there and going in a t-shirt shop and buying a t-shirt or a hat 
and then going in one of the restaurants or the bars, like the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar, and sitting on one of the saddles and taking a picture and maybe listening to some live music over at the Word or something like that and doing a little two-stepping or dancing, and then going in these art galleries that just have art on there for the mega rich. And it's basically it. That is really the entertainment options in and around the main little town square of Jackson Hole. It's shopping, art galleries, t-shirt shops, bars and restaurants. That is really all there is. There's not much else there. There's a little playhouse down the road a little bit that puts on a live play in the evenings, but it gets mediocre reviews at best. And there is a, I believe they have a weekly rodeo about five miles down the road and but it's very in a small area and it sells out months in advance and it's kind of a janky deal is what i've heard so you know however there is one good place to go in jackson hole to get some fun entertainment and that is up at the Snow King Ski Area, which is right there in the town of Jackson Hole. It's not the main ski area 20 miles away up there. It's the main ski area that you can see on the south side of town over there with about three runs. And this tiny little ski area has some fun stuff to do. And all this stuff's listed in the guidebook. They've got a bunch of these little coasters you can go on, and they've got stuff for the kids. They've got a miniature golf course and uh, all this stuff's listed in the guidebook. And we have some great pictures and some videos that you guys can see on our YouTube page as well. But this is really about the limit of the entertainment options in Jackson Hole. There's just not a lot of stuff to do. Besides walk around, go to some t-shirt shops, art galleries, go in a couple bars or restaurants, and that, that is really it in a nutshell, besides that Snow King ski area. And anybody that has listened to the West Yellowstone Lodging, Dining, and Entertainment chapter, there is a plethora of fun stuff to do in the little town of West Yellowstone's with fabulous museums. The Grizzly Discovery Center, where you can get right up next to a grizzly bear or a wolf pack or birds of prey, bald eagles, ospreys, and what has been called the best otter display on earth, as well as a true IMAX theater that shows a fabulous Yellowstone Park movie during the day and then first-run movies at night. And, uh, yeah, West Yellowstone outclasses Jackson Hole by a mile on entertainment options. The one place Jackson Hole just whips West Yellowstone's ass in is high-end art galleries. So if it's your intent to go drop a hundred thousand or a quarter of a million bucks on some art, Jackson Hole's your town. The rest of you guys, I'll see you in West. You know, I did mention earlier that they have live music occasionally at the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar, but they used to have it every night when I was a kid growing up. Uh, I've got a really good story about the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar. This all happened back when I was about 14 or 15 years old, I guess. Willie Nelson played there every summer, and somehow, some way, we would time up our trips. Because I saw Willie Nelson play in the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar for almost 10 years in a row. I mean, even when I was too young, my, my cousin Freddie, he could talk anybody into anything, anywhere, anytime, I swear. We'd go to the back door, kind of back by the work back there in this dark, janky alley back there where all the trash cans are, and the bouncer back there, he and Freddie were buddies. He'd let me in. I'd go sneak in the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar and sneak in there and watch Willie Nelson play every year, 15 years old, for five years, and I finally became legal and I could buy a beer. Hell, Freddie would go get me a beer and bring it back here and have a beer, and then we'd go back out the back door 
quarterback the back way. You know, it was a ball. But for some reason, they rarely have live music in there, in there anymore. I don't know why. But, you know, in the guidebook, I tell you where they do have it in town. But the Million Dollar Cowboy's fun. I mean, I, I sat down in there one night, probably 10, 15 years ago, 20, and um, sat down. I was sitting up there, one of the saddles up there. You know, somebody got out of the saddle. I said, I'm going to sit in a saddle, have a cold beer, and sat down in one of the saddles. There's a girl sitting there next to me. And I started, you know, shooting the bull with her and everything else, talk, talking to her. Well, that was her name was Tracy Harriman of the Harriman Railroad fame. And the Harriman State Park, which is over Teton Pass and up towards West Yellowstone, right there in uh, Idaho over there, this huge park but that her family owned. Her granddad had Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid killed for reals. So you never know who you're going to run into in the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar or any of those bars in, in Jackson Hole. I mean, it can be a fun place, man. I've got I've got chunked out of a few bars in Jackson Hole in my time and probably will again. But uh, Jackson Hole can be a good, fun place. Uh, the only other good entertainment that I know of in Jackson Hole is down at the Virginian. you kind of got to leave the main area and drive down there or Uber it down there. And at the Virginian, I think it's on Tuesday nights, and again, it's in the guidebook, they have karaoke night. And it's all locals. It's all local kids that work in the area and all that kind of stuff. They all go in there and just, man, they make good, strong drinks at the Virginian. They have this karaoke deal up there, and everybody that gets up there is just hammered drunk. They go in there, and it's a ball. They got some big pool tables in there. So, I mean, I don't know if that's entertainment to you guys or classifies as entertainment. If it's just you and your your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend or that kind of deal, then if it's uh, call Virginian and see when they're doing karaoke night, because that is an absolute blast. I got politely asked to leave uh, the last time I was in there just a few years ago and uh, you know I, I completely disagree with that uh, judgment call but uh, I did leave. But anyway the, the Virginian on karaoke nights really really fun. So that kind of covers all of your entertainment options in Jackson Hole and there's not a lot. So that I told you guys that was going to go by pretty quickly and uh, and it did. So so that's about it for your lodging, dining, and entertainment options in Jackson Hole. All right, we're kind of getting to the end of this podcast, so let's uh, let's kind of bring this thing and uh, to a head and finish this thing off. Honestly, if you guys want to stop listening now, you can. That kind of covers all the, the lodging, dining, and entertainment options in Jackson Hole, and of course, everything's in the guidebook. If you guys want to hear some funny stories, here here's a couple more. All right, so at the start of this podcast, I mentioned uh, Dick Allen, who was the perpetual mayor of Jackson Hole. And I'm just going to tell you guys a couple stories about Dick Allen. It's really funny, a couple, couple good stories about the guy. He was a great guy and his wife, Annis, and all that. Great family. I knew all of their sons and kids and everything else. They were all whitewater rafting guys out of Jackson Hole and everything else. But anyway, Dick Allen was a really, really good athlete. We all went to Hawaii every year, and uh, we stayed over there and all went to, took these big trips together with our parents and everything. Else, and we, we were over there on the North Shore of Hawaii, and uh, my family had been going over there forever since I was a little kid. And we had uh, some family friends over there we'd stay with, and we'd go over there every right after Christmas, right after the holidays, and stay for a couple weeks. And I was surfing when I was seven or eight years old over there. But anyway, so Dick Allen comes over there in Annis, and Annis, and so we go over to the North Shore, and uh, North Shore is absolutely cooking, just absolutely cooking. I mean, pipeline, which is usually about a you know six to eight foot wave 
wave is washed out. It's it's uh, it's so big on the North Shore pipeline is washed out and uh, can't un- unsurfable or anything else. So you know, Dick gets out there, and I looked out there, and, and I've I've been rolled in some waves. I've been rolled on the bottom. I've got you know rolled in coral and got all cut up and everything else over the years. And and uh, so Dick Allen, you know, he goes, I'm gonna go out there and rent me a surfboard, and he goes out there and rents this surfboard from some guy on the beach out there. And I mean, these waves are. 20 to 25 feet tall and they are just monsters and only only the best surfers in the world are out there and, and so dick allen's gonna go out there and he never surfed in his life <laughs> he gets out there and you know it, it takes him forever to figure out how to paddle around he follow some guy comes in and he follows him out around the the lineup out there and you know, he's you're supposed to be out there and wait and wait for you know one to come in and kind of follow the deal. And he just jumps on the first wave he sees, and uh, instead of letting it build up behind you and then carry you in and then jumping up on the board, he just you know it's jumping up right on him. He's he's not far deep enough out there. He gets lifted up on this wave. It had to be 18 feet tall, maybe 20 footer, and that's a monster monster wave. The bottom just falls out. He falls about 10 or 15 feet. And just, you know, arms in the air and everything else. And everybody on the shore just going, oh, my God. His wife's over there. And we're all just standing there. My dad's going, holy crap. <laughs> you know, and he hits that board and breaks that board in half. And he goes right down to the bottom of the ocean, hits a bunch of coral and shatters his leg, breaks his femur. Uh, I mean, he comes to shore. And, I mean, it, it's not a comp. It wasn't sticking out of the bone, but you could sure see it under the skin. And and uh, it was awful. And we had to haul him to the hospital. and. everything else he never complained one time and he had broken his femur he swam to shore with one leg and everything else that guy's tougher than a 10 penny hammer man i'm telling you yeah dick allen the perpetual mayor of jackson hole was uh, a good guy i saw him you know later on that spring when we got back up there and in may or june up there to jackson hole and he's good as new when are we going surfing again teddy and all this kind of stuff and you know he was he's gung-ho man he was a really really cool guy but dick allen and the allen family he had this company called Fort Jackson and it's still there it's gray it looks like a fort it's kind of when you're coming into town so anyway he wanted to expand and so my dad got into business with Dick they did a big expansion on Fort Jackson and everything else and then lo and behold a few years down the road uh, Jerry Spence the cowboy attorney the world famous cowboy attorney you guys can look him up he's he was a big deal big deal in the in the attorney world always wore a cowboy hat the cowboy the famous cowboy attorney Jerry Spence he ended up buying the building Fort Jackson and we ended up keeping, there was these three travel alls, old 65 International Travel Alls, still got it, still runs like a top. And uh, Raquel Welch, Paul Newman, and John Wayne had all ridden in one of those. And uh, my dad goes, you know, we're keeping that. And Jerry Spence wanted it and said, no, no, no go. And so uh, my dad said, no deal. And so we ended up keeping that travel all and still have the thing. Still says John Wayne rode in this truck on one side and Raquel Welch rode in on the other. And a lot of people, you know, swing by and take a picture of it and everything else. It's really cool. I mean, if I could find the Travel All 50, I would uh, enter it and win because that thing still just runs like a top. It's unbelievable. A lot of crazy stories with Dick Allen. He'd come up and do some fishing, great fisherman and all that stuff. And then uh, Fort Jackson, we ended up selling it to Jerry Spence, the old cowboy attorney. Anybody that's listening to this podcast as attorney knows who Jerry Spence is for sure. And then uh, we kept that old truck, the uh, one that John Wayne and uh, Raquel Welcher and Paul Newman all rode in. It's a pretty cool deal. Just remember, you guys, Jackson Hole is a fun little town, but it's not as fun as it used to be. 
30 years ago, that place was a ball, and West Yellowstone reminds me of what Jackson Hole was 30 years ago. Today, West Yellowstone is just a blast. It's a really, really fun town. And I just can't tell you guys how many people that you know we see in town, they bought a guidebook, they're gonna go do their Grand Teton Jackson Hole Day, and they go mess around in Jackson Hole, and we'll see them in West Yellowstone a couple days later or whatever in town, and they go, man, yeah, Jackson Hole's just kind of overrun, and it's real touristy and everything else, and they couldn't wait to get back to West Yellowstone and have a more laid-back, local-feeling vibe to their to their trip. And so, But you guys go down there, you guys have fun. I'll tell you how to do it all in one day and get back to West Yellowstone to where you the next day you're back at your home base up in West Yellowstone, ready to go have another great day, either in Yellowstone Park or the surrounding areas, going whitewater rafting or four-wheeling or whatever you guys want to go do. All the fun stuff that's listed in the guidebook. So, all right, thanks for making it to the end of this podcast and all the others. And remember, I will shoot a short YouTube video of this podcast so you guys can actually see me kind of glossing over all of these things for you guys. In case anybody wants to see my fat ass talking to them as opposed to on a podcast. So, all right. Have a great Yellowstone vacation. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.